Whether you are a wife, a mom, a student, or anything in between, it is likely there are times when you have struggled with feeling overwhelmed. Life comes at us at a rapid fire pace and we can sometimes feel like we're trying to get a drink from a fire hose. Ever feel that way? Like you barely have time to catch your breath? That's our subject today. I hope you'll hang around as we look at ways to deal with overwhelm. Welcome to Walking on Water, where our focus is to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. What's the storm in your life? I'll never say it's easy, but Jesus changes our perspective. He gives us courage to do life differently, to throw off the victim mentality that threatens to drown us in our pain. He gives us the tools we need to live a victorious life. I'm your host, Lynette Carpenter. Let's discover more about the power-filled, faith-filled life Jesus invites us to live. Hey, hey, welcome back. It is so good to have you here with me today. Today I am experiencing a beautiful, sunny fall day. The leaves are falling. It's a little chilly outside, and I'm hoping that later I will be able to get out there and maybe take care of some of the leaves. So wherever you are today, I hope that you are having a wonderful day and that you are, above all else, experiencing the love and the presence of the Lord. Okay, the good old subject of overwhelm. I am a professional when it comes to feeling overwhelmed. Maybe it's just my personality, but I tend to find myself in a cycle of feeling overwhelmed and then trying to empty my plate, but then refilling my plate and then battling overwhelm all over again. Help, I'm sick. I never learn. I think I mentioned a while back that I had been reading a book about eliminating hurry from my life. And while I loved so much that the book had to offer, I also felt that my own life was so vastly different from the author that I struggled to relate to his suggestions. I even found myself feeling annoyed at his ability to ride his bike everywhere or take set specific days off each week and then even paring down his wardrobe to like, I think it was only three outfits total. Granted, I will admit that I most certainly can choose to make some of these decisions or changes in my life. However, I live in the country, so riding a bike everywhere isn't efficient. Not that I even want to. Um, Taking set days off each week is a lovely idea. However, we raise living, breathing poultry. And if the alarms at the barns call our phones and the chickens are threatening to stop uh, both living and breathing, I can't tell them that I'm taking a rest day and I'll get back with them tomorrow. In those cases, little else matters more than getting back to the barns to fix the situation, and I'm definitely not going to hop on a bike to get there, which leaves me with only my closet to simplify, but again, the farm life invites us to keep more than the minimum at hand since we never know how many showers we might end up taking in a day. And just like that, I have ruthlessly eliminated the options that had been set before me in an effort to gain the upper hand over rushing needlessly throughout my life. I say this tongue-in-cheek, and I'm definitely not setting out to discredit the author or even the book itself. I took a lot of good away from reading it, 
more than anything, I learned that we all lead different lives, and it is up to each of us to take inventory of our own lifestyle and determine what changes we could and should make. So with that being said, please keep in mind that the ideas I'm about to share here may or may not work for you. The idea is to get us to analyze our personal situations and consider what we can all do as individuals to reduce overwhelm in our lives, leaving us with more joy, more peace, more hope, more creativity, and more time. So let's get started. Personally, I feel most overwhelmed first thing in the morning. I work from home, and when you live where you work, you can't get away from the endless demands. Like every room in my house communicates something to me each time I enter it. And it's usually in the form of a demand rather than a compliment, if I'm being honest. Like clean the windows, paint the trim, pick up the mess. I personally believe that this is largely due to my personality. I prefer clean spaces, minimal clutter, and finished projects. So if that isn't you, great. I kind of envy that. It's difficult for me to rest when I see dirty dishes or laundry to be folded, but I'm getting better at being able to compartmentalize in order to create time for resting. But back to my overwhelmed mornings. If you remember episode nine from season one, I talked about how I create routine and schedule out my days. I explained it a little further in the coffee talk in episodes 10 and 11 about writing down my goals for each day and how it makes a huge difference in helping avoid overwhelm. But it is a struggle I face often, especially when the list is long. Staying overwhelmed long-term is not a good plan. Trust me on this. I wish I had learned this long ago before the battle of burnout came calling. And burnout is hard, it's lonely, it's discouraging, it's depressing. Many people live their lives dancing dangerously close to the fringes of burnout, and when you fall prey to it, recovery is a tall hill to climb. So avoid burnout. Avoid it. If you feel like you're getting close to burnout, let healing and recovery be the top assignment on your to-do list. First, let's identify what we mean when talking about feeling overwhelmed. Overwhelm can hit through any number, of diff, um, any number of symptoms. So I did a quick search, and here's a list that I found of ways that we might behave when we are experiencing overwhelm. Forgetting things more often. I'm guilty of that. Feeling confused. Difficulty focusing and concentrating. Often will have low energy. Some people withdraw from social interactions. We have racing thoughts have a hard time with problem solving, negative emotions and worrying, pessimistic thinking, even headaches and stomach aches. Um, There's difficulty with sleeping or sleeping too much and no longer enjoying activities you used to be interested in. Do any of those sound familiar to you? Racing thoughts and difficulty focusing are probably the ones I personally struggle with the most. But what about you? Which ones of these have been a struggle for you if you struggle with feeling overwhelmed? So now that we know the symptoms of overwhelm, let's look at how we can eliminate this enemy from our lives. First, I like to identify the source. I try to figure out what is causing me to feel overwhelmed. And there are plenty of reasons out there. So let's just try to name a few. Busyness, always a big one. Fear. Uh, Yeah, we definitely can find plenty of things to feel fearful about. Our world is a mess, plenty of things we can't control, and the worries about marriage, kids, finances, careers, health, the list can go on and on. 
Another thing is pain. That's a fun one, huh? Because pain (laughs) comes in all shapes and sizes, but we'll dive deeper into that one in a little bit. Which leads me to another cause for overwhelm, and that is simply just chaos and noise. We live in a noisy world. Some people handle it better than others, and I personally love and need some quiet in my days. Our thoughts are partially to blame for the noise, so we, as we have thousands of thoughts racing through our head each day. What other causes come to your mind for overwhelm? So many situations can fall under the label of fear, pain, and busyness, or chaos. When I went to counseling a while back, I found that identifying the source of my pain was huge in making that first step towards healing. We discussed this last season when we were talking about the victim mentality, about identifying the source of our pain and how it is always the first step in knowing how to deal with it. You never put a Band-Aid on your face if blood is pouring out of a wound on your knee, right? That would be dumb. So ignoring the ability to stop We have the ability to stop and analyze the cause for feeling overwhelmed. And that is what we are going to do right now. Feel free to push pause and take a moment to ask the Lord to help you identify the root cause for overwhelm in your life. Does it fall under the label of busyness? Or is it fear? Is it pain? Is it chaos? What symptoms does this create in your life? And what is the Lord telling you to do about it? Once you feel you can pinpoint the cause for your overwhelm, you can begin to lay out a plan on how to attack the issue and get yourself back into a healthy space. I need to just stop here for a moment and say, I look at this conversation between myself and you as listeners like a friend or a mother having a conversation with um, a friend or her kids. I am not a professional. This is by based on my own experiences, and if you have a very severe situation, or maybe it's not even all that severe, but you feel like it would be beneficial to you to go speak with a professional, I just mentioned I went to counseling. I always will encourage you to go and get professional counseling. This podcast here is just a space where I'm taking the things that the Lord has taught me, that the Lord is speaking to me, and using it to try to encourage other women in their relationship with the Lord. So just wanted to throw that out there that um, I am by no means a professional. I am just giving you what I have learned um, and hope that it can help you in your own life. So As we look at ideas and ways that have helped me through the years, I'm going to start off with busyness. When it comes to being busy, I consider if I am overcommitting myself or do I have too high of a standard or expectations on how something should be done? What jobs could I actually be delegating? What areas could I be asking for help? Am I empowering others to be able to lend a hand and ultimately walk in their own strengths and abilities? This is especially important in marriage. Don't sabotage yourself by thinking only you can properly, effectively, and correct and correctly complete a task. Trust me, though, I know the feeling. I know that feeling of if I want something to be done right, I have to do it myself. It is a mantra I battle on the daily, and it is wrong. It is wrong. So there's all, some things to think about when it comes to busyness. Some practical advice when it comes to responsibilities around the house, um, like in the mornings when I wake up and I feel like I have so much to do, I kind of attack it a lot like the Dave, um, how Dave Ramsey teaches to attack debt. 
do the small things first. Um, I start off by getting as many machines going as possible. The more machines you have working for you, the better you're going to feel mentally knowing that work is getting done. So after you get the washer and the dryer and the dishwasher going, maybe you have a Roomba, you can get that started. After you have all these machines going, get the worst job out of the way. That way you're not spending the whole day dreading the job. You just get it done. The quicker you can remove the thing you're dreading from your day, the less time you are assigning yourself to feeling dread and negativity about that particular job. Another tip is so simple and seems almost uh, cliche maybe, but this is so smart, and that is to ask the Lord to show you what to do step by step. He knows what your day holds, and asking him to put your day in order is always wise. As an example, being a farmer's wife, I can set my agenda for the day, but there is no guarantees. Even as I do these recordings, I never know when my door is going to get opened up and somebody's going to come inside either looking for something to eat or needing a ride to the field or any kind of interruption. It happens on the daily. So I have learned because I don't know what is coming around the corner um, in just the basic everyday life around here on the farm. It's always better for me just to say, all right, Lord, what should I do next? And he's so faithful. He's so faithful. All right, next, let's talk about fear. How much is fear eating into your peace of mind? Are you doing your part to combat its access to your heart and mind? There are so many things that we can do to get rid of fear in our life. I was on a panel discussion at a women's conference recently, and the lovely lady sitting next to me was telling us of the many, many nights she spent alone in hotel rooms as her husband fought for his life in a nearby hospital. She told how she read God's, uh, God speaking to Joshua in Joshua 1.9, and I loved how she said that he got bossy with Joshua, and he said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. And as she sat there thinking about this, she figured that if this was how God operated, then she could too. So she walked over to the mirror and she got bossy with the woman looking back at her. She said she shook her finger and told herself, you, be strong. You, you be courageous for the Lord will be with you wherever you go. I love, love, love that advice. Are you overwhelmed due to fear? Get out of the fetal position and go to the mirror, girl. Go, like now, like right now. <laughs> Shake that finger at yourself and get bossy. Be strong. Be courageous. The Lord is going to be with you wherever you go. Now, live like you believe that. When you know the Father, when you know him, you will stop questioning his heart. You will stop questioning his motives. You'll stop doubting his work in your life. Now, I, saying all of that, believe me, especially in this past month, I shared with you last week about the loss that we just went through. It is really hard in times like that to not find myself questioning God. What are you doing? What are you thinking? Why? Why, why, why? But... I keep coming back to this thought that when I know the Father, I will not question his heart. I don't know the answers. I don't know the whys. I can't tell you all of those things, 
but I know my father and I know his heart. And when I find my pla- myself in a place of doubt and of questioning, I know that's what I have to do is go back into his presence and remind myself of who he is. And it will help to take care of those questions. It doesn't give me the answers. Some of that comes back to what do we talk about? Walking by faith and not by sight. So we're not always going to get all the answers to the things that maybe hold us um, captive to fear, other than I'm choosing to trust you, Lord. You are not knit together carefully in your mother's womb so that you could huddle in a corner for 80 years on earth plagued by fear, okay? That is the God honest truth. So send fear packing. It can't stay. It's got to go. What are you afraid of? Be strong. You be courageous. The Lord is going to be with you wherever you go. Okay. Perhaps the overwhelm is due to pain. Pain comes in many shapes and sizes. Physically for myself, my back has been giving me issues for several years now. And when it's bad, everything is affected. I mean, I move slower. I, I hurt everywhere. It makes me tired. I feel exhausted. I don't really even feel like being nice. <laughs> pain stinks. Plus, when we have more than just physical pain, so many people, millions of people are walking around with an incredible weight of emotional trauma as well. So visualize managing your simple everyday tasks while also accommodating soul wounds. There's the pain of loss. There's um, the pain of trauma from our past. And sometimes people, we handle it differently. For some, it's wanting to be alone and being able to be with their thoughts. For others, they want to be able to verbally process their emotions with somebody. So are you in pain? And if so, is it physical? Is it emotional? Is it both? Are you dealing with some trauma of some sort? Have you researched answers on how to find healing? I'm sure I'm sure you have. We never want to stay in a place of pain. Um, but many times people are looking to others to be their comfort, to be their savior, their healer. But there's no other human who can be all those things for you. For example, my husband, Tim, is wonderful. He comforts me. He protects me. He does all he can to help me be the best version of myself. And I try to do the same for him. However, We still fail each other from time to time. And not only that, we have no guarantees on how long we will have one another because no one is promised tomorrow. Knowing this, I know that I cannot depend on him to be all that I need, especially when it comes to healing. Yes, people like spouses, friends, pastors, therapists, they can all be and often are a huge part in our healing journey. So don't avoid those options. But at the end of the day, spend time with the Lord, the ultimate healer. And I'm going to be so bold as to say this. I have never met someone who spent intentional time in the presence of the Lord, yet remained in a prison of emotional bondage and pain. Now, granted, some pain will never leave us while here on this broken earth. There are times where we end up with scars um, as it were, on our, on our souls. And we can look at those and feel a measure of pain remembering what that came from. But time with the Lord will always give us the strength we need to endure it. And if you are in pain, make a plan on what you can do to find healing. I suggest starting with a counseling session alone with the Lord where he 
will give you wisdom. You ask him for wisdom and ask him for direction on what you should do. As you pursue healing when overwhelmed, be willing to make some changes. For myself, I couldn't take all the advice of the author I mentioned earlier, but he did cause me to think, and I have been able to eliminate some things in my life that have caused me added stress. Maybe some of these ideas will help you too. One is to eliminate noise. What sounds are you forcing yourself to process that should be or could be eliminated? For example, a, a vibrating phone or music that you don't enjoy or the TV in the background. Um, the kids, okay, wait, I'm not saying to eliminate them. <laughs> or, okay, even just, you know, the dog laying on the floor licking his paws. That can be annoying, right? So minimize, minimize the amount of notifications you allow your phone to deliver. So that is something so simple that we can do. You don't need a notification every time somebody likes your post on Instagram. You don't. Minimize the amount of notifications you allow your phone to deliver and then have a set time where you just are on do not disturb throughout your day. Set your playlist to something calming for an hour, something that feeds your soul. Turn off the TV. Don't have it going on in the background. And leave your to-do list and focus on your children. If your kids are, are grouchy, don't be so focused on what you need to do or what you think you need to do in the moment. Because sometimes just 10 focused, intentional minutes is all that they will need to help them feel calm again. It returns their security, and your home will return to a place of peace. And then as far as the dog... <laughs> If you have answers on that, let me know. I don't know why his poor little guy, he lays there licking his paws. And I'm like, can you just not, please? All right. Take care of yourself as you battle overwhelm. Eliminate the unnecessary, but require the necessary. I'm going to say that again. Eliminate the unnecessary, but require the necessary. Give yourself some grace. Don't expect perfection. Consider your health and your abilities, your age, your hormones, your time of the month. What can you control? What can you change? What is your role in the situation that you're facing? You can't change others, but you can change you. And there is no one-size-fits-all formula. Or I'd try to find it and sell it. <laughs> the only one-size-fits-all answer that I have found is to start with an intentional time with the Lord, talking to Him about the situation, listening to what He has to say. He always gives good advice. His ways are higher than our ways, too. There's a story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 that tells of the time when King Jehoshaphat was coming up against a great army. Things looked really bad. I can only imagine the weight of responsibility he felt knowing that his leadership meant life or death for his people. He was overwhelmed. And in verse 12, he spoke these words that have been a lifeline for me so often through my, through my life. He says, oh God, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Sometimes that is all we have. No amount of words, abilities, formulas, ideas, woulda, coulda, shouldas will produce the outcome we really wanted. Sometimes life is just plain hard. And I never once want you, the listeners, to think I have it all figured out because I don't. I have struggles. I have hurts. I have rotten attitudes. I have temptations. I have failures. I feel pain, loss, and disappointment. But my life goal is that I will always come back to this same mindset, no matter how great a loss, no matter how bad my day is, no matter how large the obstacle is in front of me, 
Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Psalm 27 is my favorite chapter in the Bible, and verse 8 says, My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. David had many seasons of struggle throughout his life, and near the end of his life, he would go on to experience one of the most painful trials, and that was the hatred and betrayal of his own son. How raw and painful that must have felt. Did it trigger emotions of the rejection he felt so many times through his life? Like, he had rejection from his father, his brothers, his father-in-law, his wife, his country, over and over and over again. This man experienced hardship, and yet over and over and over again, he knew where to go when his heart was overwhelmed. And there in the trenches of yet another betrayal, another broken relationship, and another rejection, David penned the beautiful words of Psalm 61, words we can all speak over our lives as we face the difficulties of our own stories, words that point us to the one who is our refuge and mighty tower. He said, hear my cry, O God. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever. Friend, let that be your prayer today. As you face the situations in front of you, know that you can go to the rock that is higher than you. He is your refuge, your strong tower. And when we can cry out to him from the end of the earth, that our heart is overwhelmed, he leads us to himself where he is our comfort, our strength. He's our rock, our hope. He's our everything. I hope you run to him today. Thank you so much for listening. Please take a moment to share this with a friend or on your social media accounts. In fact, tag me on Instagram and I'll be sure to reshare it in my stories. Also, don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss an episode. I hope that you were encouraged and inspired today. Always remember, your life has purpose, you have value, you are loved, and with Jesus, you can rise above your storm. Get out of the boat, friend. Let's walk on water.